Well, I like that horn player. Where'd you find him? Phil is my co-worker at ProAudio.com and plays with me at G8 and Gateway. He plays violin and the, the, what is that? Saxophone. Saxophone. I should have known that. You did great. I appreciate it. Let's just sing the, the name of Jesus just for a moment. Jesus. And we're going to get into the word. Lift it up to him, everybody. Thank you, Lord. simple verse out of Genesis 1:28. We're going to go to the genesis of all things, the beginning of the world as we now know it. And I want you to notice that God uh, blessed the human race. And I want you to notice what he blessed the human race with. It says, then God blessed them, that is Adam and Eve. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and do what everyone subdue it and then have what dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Notice God said, I want you to have dominion and I want you to subdue what I have created. You're the boss applesauce. That's what God was saying. Father, bless your word today. Help us to understand what you intended when you made the world and help us to understand the liberty that we have in and through Jesus Christ. Now, will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, speak to my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor it's going to be good today. You better pay attention. (laughs) And I want to just uh, thank uh, Jeff McLeod for leading worship today, doing a great job. This is his uh, last Sunday as the worship leader. Next week, Joe Korn, that is C-O-R-N-E, will be here. And I hope that all of you will be here to welcome Joe as he comes on as full-time worship leader. Valerie C. is going to be leading again Wednesday night. She's been doing a great job. Amen. Valerie could just stand up and sing a cappella and we'd all be fine, wouldn't we? All right. Um, God is doing good things. He's doing good things in the house. God is moving. Now, um, God said to Adam and Eve, look at all that I've created. Look at all the incredible creativity of God. And I want you to understand, Adam and Eve, that I've made you to have dominion over it. I've made you to subdue it. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Fill the earth and govern it. 
rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You're the ruler. You're the leader. You're the subduer. You're the keeper of planet earth. That's what God said to Adam and Eve. Now, the word dominion, just so we can understand one another, means to subjugate or to tread down or to reign over like a king reigns over his subjects. The idea is you, you have, you have uh, authority over what God created, that there is a preeminence given to the human race. Under God, man was made preeminent. King David looked up to God in Psalms 8 and said these words, you have made man to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, dominion over mammals, reptiles, marine life, the birds of the air, and the plant kingdom. Every living thing was to be under the dominion of man. Yet no sooner had the zenith of God's handiwork, which was the human race, no sooner had they begun to walk in the garden then the arch enemy of God appeared to attack them immediately. They were hardly created, and Satan appeared. The deceiver, the murderer, Jesus called him the author of lies and said that his motivation is only to kill and steal and to destroy. That's the motivation of Satan. He never does anything else. God only does wondrous things. Satan only does horrific things. And the devil approached Eve and succeeded in tempting her through deception. She believed the devil's lies about God and about God's intentions for her and for Adam. She came to believe that God was withholding from her, that God had lied to her. And when she believed that, she got out from under obedience to God and took of the forbidden fruit. And it's the same with you and I. When you and I yield to temptation, somewhere in there, we have doubted God. We have doubted his provision. We've doubted his care. We've doubted his knowledge of our needs. We've doubted God. And we get out from under obedience to him. The Bible speaks about this darkest day in mankind's troubled history. And it says, when Adam sinned, Romans six twelve. I'm sorry, 5.12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. And it goes on and says, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. The human race today has a disease, and the disease is called sin. And that sin had to be atoned for had to be answered. But the Bible declares all of mankind under sin and therefore under judgment. When the tragic fall of Adam took place, the dominion man had been given was overthrown. Rather than ruling the earth in unbroken fellowship with God, mankind was cut off and came under the dominion of sin. One thing that we gave away when we sinned was the dominion that God had given to us. He gave us dominion over the creation. 
But that was usurped. That was given up. That was robbed away by the enemy of our soul. The Bible says in Galatians 3.22, but the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. That's what it says. The Bible goes on to say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. No one can look up to God and say, I'm righteous. The Bible says, all sinned. No one is right. All have done wrong. We've all broken the commandments of God. None of us can declare righteousness in his presence, and none of us can make ourselves right from God apart from the atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross. Not one of us. We are all together undone. The Bible says, woe is me. Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. David said, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. The human race has a sin problem. Now I want you to stop and think about it. Man went from unparalleled ruler of earth to a bound and chained slave of sin. That's what the Bible said. We're all prisoners of sin. Prior to Jesus, we're all prisoners of sin. And I want to say to the radio audience, if you have not accepted Christ into your heart, I can tell you right now, you're a prisoner of sin. You may have never gotten a traffic ticket. You may, you may be a good husband, a good wife, a good member of the community. But our righteousness is to God as filthy rags. We are all declared under sin. Now stop and think about this for a moment in light of what we've just heard about the real condition of the human race. We live on a planet where God's original plan that we would have dominion has been turned on its head. Rather than having dominion, countless people are addicted and enslaved to the very creation God originally gave man dominion over. You say, what do you mean, Pastor Jeff? Do you know that research shows that the number of Americans over age 12 using illegal drugs on a regular basis is in excess of 15 million? Now, I'm going to call this today hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling. Because we live in a nation that's hooked on a feeling. More and more and more, if you meet somebody who's not addicted to something, you're meeting somebody who's the exception and not the rule. Every year, more than 15,000 people die drug-related deaths. Now, you might be saying, well, Pastor, why would you preach on this in the church? Because it's gotten into the church. I'm going to say it again because it's gotten into the church. Many people who are church people, many people who name the name of Christ, have fallen and become enslaved to some kind of a drug, some kind of an addiction that holds them bound. And I didn't come today to condemn anybody. As a matter of fact, I've come with very good news. So grab hold of the side of your seat and let me just talk to you honestly today about this. Can I do that? Think about that now. Over the age of 12, 15 million 
are using illegal drugs on a regular basis. 15,000 died drug-related deaths. And I believe it's probably higher as I speak. And did you know that virtually every addictive drug out there, including alcohol, is from the world of plants? One of the things God told us to rule over, can you see with me that if I'm Satan and I want to overthrow the human race and I hate what God has created and I hate what God has done and I hate that God gave mankind authority over that creation, I'm going to move to take that authority away from you. And if I can flip it on its head and make a mockery of what God created, even better. And that is exactly what he's done. He turned it upside down and now people are addicted to the plant world, to the world that God said rule over. What an irony. What an amazing thing. He gave us the plant world to enjoy, but not by way of an addictive drug. Now, let me just take alcohol to begin with. Alcohol is made by the process of fermentation using glucose. Glucose is produced from sugar that's been extracted from starch. And where does starch come from? The major resources for starch are rice, wheat, corn, and potatoes. Hooked on a potato. (laughs) How about that? I'm hooked on potatoes and rice and wheat and corn. So alcoholics have become addicted to a substance that comes from rice, wheat, potatoes, and grapes the very things God said we were to have dominion over. I want you to think about this. God meant for us to have dominion over these things, not for them to have dominion over us. Are are you there? Watch this now. See, I'm approaching this theologically because I want us to understand that we've got strong, firm ground to stand on to resist these things, and we've got to understand As human beings, God said, you're the boss, applesauce. You're the boss over these things. You are to rule over them. Not them rule over you. Take heroin. The opium poppy is the plant from which the addictive substance, opium, is extracted. And heroin, morphine, and codeine are also extracted from the same plant. Millions as we speak. Maybe some in here today, maybe some listening by radio, are enslaved to a plant God originally gave us dominion over. Let's talk about cocaine. It's out there everywhere. It's easily accessible. Cocaine is obtained from the leaves of the coca plant. From the coca plant, we also get the highly addictive and deadly crack cocaine. I'm told that using crack cocaine even one time is enough to bring the onset of addiction. And I'm going to talk in a minute about how that happens. But there's stuff out there you don't ever need to try. Not even once. Not even once. And I can feel the preach coming on me right now, but I'm going to stay with my stuff. Because we've got to understand, God gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Word of God. He gave us promises abundant. 
He gave us peace with God, peace in our heart. He gave us fellowship. He gave us the Bible, the Word to feed on. i got to have a fix every day, but it's not a fix of this stuff. I need my fix of the Word. I need my fix of prayer. I need my fix of the Holy Spirit. But cocaine, crack cocaine, come from a plant. And God said, I give you dominion over that stuff. And then there's meth. Meth is the newest drug of enslavement in American culture because it's cheap and easy to make. Many, many people get on meth to lose weight. They believe, well, I'll just try it for a little bit and lose some weight real fast, and then I'll get off of it. But they don't know that they've opened up a door, and that door is addiction. And before you know it, what once was a choice, now they are forced to do, enslaved to do, compelled to do because of an addiction. Meth is out there everywhere. It's cheap. It's easy to make. Meth labs speckle the landscape of America now. Though it's man-made, meth is derived from the ephedra plant, the ephedra plant. And that's a bush with small, scaly leaves. So even if you get down to man-made methamphetamine, it still has its source in a plant. Alcohol, cocaine, crack cocaine, heroin, morphine, meth. The drugs that are destroying millions of lives today all come from the plant kingdom that man was originally given dominion over. God said, you rule over it. And now so many people wake up in the morning, the first thing they think about is that drug that came from a plant. They give their lives. They give their jobs. They give their families. They give their faith. They give anything to get that fix, anything to get out there and get that drug. Can you see with me that one of Satan's goals was to take away the dominion God gave to mankind and reverse it and mock it and twist it and skew it? I'm going to tell you why it's so quiet in here. Because most of you in here are in some way or another affected by something that I've named today. Either yourself or you know somebody who is. We need deliverance in the church. We need deliverance in the church. Uh, You may not have come expecting a message like this today. That's between you and God. He told me to do it. I'm going to talk about it. See, God wants you hooked on one thing, the Holy Spirit. He wants you hooked on one thing, ministering to the saints. Did you know that the word addiction is in the New Testament only one time? And it talks about people who had addicted themselves to ministering to the saints. And that's the only place you see addiction in the life of a believer. And I'm going to tell you today, folks, the devil's knocking on your door. The devil's knocking on your door. He wants to ruin your family. Young people, he's knocking on your door. You're going to go to school this fall, and you're going to be approached with drugs, with meth, with cocaine, with pot, with alcohol. You're going to be approached. And I'm telling you now, don't be the devil's fool. Don't touch it. Don't get near it. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I got some meth or I got some coke or I got some, you want to try it with me? I want you to know that person is not your friend. That person is not your friend. 
As a matter of fact, they don't care about you because they know what it's going to do if it gets its hook in you. It's going to destroy you, and that person won't be there when you go to court. That person probably won't be at your funeral. He won't be there or she won't be there when you're in prison languishing in the, in the cesspool of regret. If somebody offers you a drug, you need to look at them with horns coming out of their head, a tail and a pitchfork, and they are not your friend. Turn and run. Now, you know, I watch this, and I see people addicted. And, you know, as a, as a minister, as a pastor, I've seen it for many, many years. It never ceases to amaze me when, when someone gives up everything. They give up their home, give up their marriage, give up their kids, give up their job, give up their income, give up their self-esteem. And they come under dominion of this drug. But now let me, let me tell you what gives the drug its power. What the draw is. What the pull is. What the feeling is that they're hooked on. The feeling that's worth giving up everything for. Let me tell you what happens physiologically to you inside your brain when you use one of these drugs. The culprit is not so much the drug as it is a chemical that's already in your brain. It's called dopamine. D-O-P-A-M-I-N-E, dopamine. Dopamine is involved naturally in your brain. Dopamine is involved in the brain processes that control your ability to experience pleasure and pain. Dopamine is directly linked to your ability to experience pain and pleasure. Sex, gambling, drug use, extreme sports. Behind all these thrills lurks the brain chemical called dopamine. No dopamine and you wouldn't have the ability to experience pleasure or pain. Dopamine is like a little messenger that carries information from one cell to another until the message reaches the pleasure center of your brain. There is a place in your brain that scientists now call the pleasure center. Dopamine carries pleasurable messages to that part of your brain. Let me give you an example. When you hear some good news, say, oh, wow, that's good news. The feeling you feel is dopamine-induced. Or how about after you eat a great meal, you sit back and say, wow, now that was steak. (laughs) When you have that feeling of euphoria and satisfaction and pleasure, that's dopamine taking messages to the pleasure center of your brain. How about an unexpected raise at work? That's major dopamine. Major dopamine. And when you feel like, wow, I got a raise, I got a great raise, and I didn't even know that it was coming, the euphoria that you feel, the good mood that you're in, that sense, that feeling that you have emotionally is dopamine-induced. The feeling of euphoria that results every time something happens to you emotionally is dopamine carrying the message. That's the way God made you. God made you that way. God gave you dopamine. 
Not dope. Dopamine. It's natural. But this is where drugs and alcohol come in and bring destruction and addiction. Let me tell you what happens. One researcher says that all forms of addiction, from drug abuse to cigarette smoking to gambling, target the dopamine system. That's what gets people hooked on gambling. You get in there and you gamble. You put that money down. They roll the dice or they spin the wheel. And you're already getting a dopamine rush. And if you win, if you win, you get a major dopamine rush. And what people who are addicted to gambling don't understand, they're not so much addicted to the gambling as to the effect of the gambling. They're hooked on the dopamine rush. And so they connect this behavior with this feeling. If I do this, then I have this incredible euphoria, and it's dopamine. The appeal with drugs like meth or cocaine is they cause a massive increase in dopamine in the brain. Unnaturally. Nothing out here happens or has to happen for you to get the dopamine rush. Because the drug does it for you. So God intended that fellowshipping with him, I personally believe, would bring us pleasure, dopamine, that doing good works. I'm having a dopamine rush right now, excuse me, while I have a rush. Because I love ministering the word of God. And it gives me a, a, a great feeling. But you see, that's what God, that's how God wired us. But drugs falsely spike the dopamine level. You take a drug, meth, amphetamine, uh, or or, uh, cocaine, or whatever it happens to be. When you take the drug, you get a several thousand-fold increase in dopamine between cells. One researcher puts it this way. It's a huge sledgehammer of a message, like, wow, this is something I want to experience again. And so it becomes very difficult to resist another experience because you had such a dopamine rush. You had such a sense of euphoria, such a, such, uh, such a sense of well-being that the first thing you think about when you wake up is, I'd like to experience that again. That's the way I should feel all the time. That's the way I want to feel all the time. Bless God, that's the way I'm going to feel all the time. And so you go and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. Until finally, here's what happens. You can't experience pleasure apart from the drug. Behind every temptation the devil uses, believe me, there lies a trap. Trust me on this one. The devil never tempts you in the slightest way, but what he's got a trap set behind the temptation, behind every door, behind every decision, behind every temptation you make or that is given to you, every temptation you experience, behind it is a trap where the enemy wants to bring you into slavery. You know, when I fish, I don't throw out there something that the bass are going to say, ugh. I mean, I fished for years in East Texas. I went down there again recently and fished again. Been a while, but I look for a lure. 
that is going to pop through that water. It's going to move like a real minnow. It's going to make noises like a real minnow. It's going to look like a wounded minnow. I put something down there that's going to make that bass go, it's my day. There's my dream. And pop. But what that bass doesn't understand, that in the lure is a hook. The hook is going to hold them. First they had a choice. Now they got to go. But then attached to the hook is a line. And before you know it, this fish that was going anywhere it wanted to go, when it wanted to go, now it's being pulled in a way it doesn't want to go. And that's exactly what drugs do. Can I talk honest with you today? That's what they do. Here comes the lure, and the devil, he'll plop it right in front of you. Just like I look, I know, I say, where do you think the bass are today? And I will throw that lure right where I think they're resting, under structure, whatever. And I'll lay that lure down right in front of them. The devil does the same thing with you. Plop, it hits. And some fool says to you, it'll make you feel good. It'll take away your pain. It'll help you to forget. Oh, you won't get hooked. We're just going to dabble. And you bite. And before you know it, you're being pulled in a way you've never gone before. And what you don't understand is just like me, I'm in the boat. And I'm pulling that fish towards me and I've got plans. Come on. I got plans. And my plan is dinner. And I'm going to tell you, the devil has got a plan. And when that dope hits in front of you, coke, meth, pot, alcohol, whatever, and you bite, and suddenly you're going places longer than you thought you'd go. You're doing things you didn't think you'd ever do. You're making decisions because you're being pulled in a direction you don't understand. And before you know it, ultimately you're pulled into the boat and you find out that the whole time the enemy had a plan for you. Are y'all with me today? So don't bite that bait. Don't bite it even once. Don't get anywhere near it. Don't touch it. Don't get anywhere near where drugs are. Run away. Get away. Walk with God. The trap that the devil sets is the user eventually, this is physiologically true now, the user eventually burns out the natural God-given neurotransmitters and loses the ability to experience pleasure apart from that drug. That drug burns out the natural neurotransmitters God gave you to associate a good event with a good feeling And you can't do it anymore because the ability for the dopamine to be passed down the neurotransmitters that God naturally gave you has been burned away and physiologically destroyed by the drug. And do you know that it takes, if it's methamphetamine, it takes a year to grow those neurotransmitters back. Thank God they can grow back. 
But now let me give you some straight talk. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, man, I came here to get blessed, and I came here to, you're hearing the word of God, and I am going to bless you. It's my job as a shepherd to beat the wolves off of you. So I'm going to tell you, drugs are a wolf. Now, here's the straight talk. Addiction is an equal opportunity destroyer. It'll steal away your your goals. It'll steal away your self-esteem, your money, your family, your job, and eventually your life. Addiction is a one-way road to hell. If you want to open up the door to hell, you go the way of drugs. That'll get you there quicker than almost anything else on earth. How does it do it? First, addiction makes you extremely vulnerable to physical problems like cancer, kidney and liver failure, heart failure, hepatitis, and HIV. Second, drug addiction is a major cause of crime and incarceration for both men and women. It's a road to nowhere except jail or the morgue. And you say, well, do Christians go there all the time? They go there all the time. They bite that bait all the time. They get hooked and they get drawn into the devil's boat all the time. I want you smart. I want you wise. I want you understanding that you don't ever need to do it. Get your dopamine rush off the word of God. Don't be the devil's fool. He's always looking for a fool. Don't be the devil's fool. Be God's child. Be God's wise child. Now, here's the good news. Here's the news I came to give you today. Jesus Christ was sent by God to reverse the curse of the fall and set us free. Jesus Christ was sent to reverse the curse of the fall and set us free. Adam brought the human family into the misery of sin. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, delivered us from the curse of sin and restored to us our freedom. Listen to what the Bible says. For it is the first Adam, or in the first Adam, all died. In the first Adam, all died. And even so, in Christ, the second Adam, all shall be made alive. Jesus Christ, the second Adam, said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from the dominion of sin that came on us when Adam fell. This is good preaching. I hope you get this today. Why did Jesus come? He came to set us free from the dominion of sin. The Bible says, now that you've accepted Jesus Christ, sin shall not have dominion, shall not have dominion. Can I say that 20 different times? Shall not have dominion over you. It won't rule you. It won't boss you. It lost its teeth. It lost its fangs. Sin shall not have dominion over you, child of God. The Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Paul said, God be thanked that you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Glory to God. He said, well, I don't feel very free. Doesn't matter what you feel. 
The fact is you've been set free from the dominion of sin. You've been set free from the control of sin. You have been set free from the bondage to sin. You have been set free. Jesus said, you're going to know the truth and I'm the truth and the truth is going to make you free. So child of God, you don't need a drug. You don't need a drug. You don't need a drug. Don't turn to a drug of any kind to do for you what only God can. Now I want you to stand up with me today, can you? Listen to this verse. And this is the choice before every man, woman, and young person in here today. Listen to this verse. Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey? Whether to, to that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Know you not? that to whom you yield your members, your bodily members, servants to obey, his slave you become. Now that's bad news and good news. If you yield your members as servants of God, his servant you become. Anybody in here want to be a servant of God? Then how do you do it? You have to make a divine presentation. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. When I want to walk with God, I've got to make a divine presentation. And that presentation is, I give you my body. Well, if it's his body... I can't throw drugs in it. Not illegal, addictive drugs. If it's his body, I've got to honor it as his body. Here's the deal with people. People say, yeah, I'm saved. I went down to the altar. I filled out a card. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. I got my fire insurance. But what they never do, they never make a presentation of their bodies to God. So the devil comes. He throws the bait. And you bite it. And before you know it, saved in here but bound out here. Y'all are a somber bunch today. The way to really walk with him, I give you my body, a living sacrifice. My mind, my arms, legs, my mouth, everything. They belong to you. Can we do that right now? that way the devil's trespassing on purchased territory I want you to say with me Lord I give my body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God it's my reasonable service and I submit to your will To not allow myself to become enslaved to anything except you. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, 
But not all things are profitable. Not all things are profitable. Let's sing, Jeff. Just lead us.